Hello, David. Hey there, Corey. Another video interrupted by David Silverberg, per usual. Indeed, but this time it's special. As this introduction is being interrupted from my nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Look at that. Look at this guy coming live and in charge right at you on the road. Fucked Up Fantasy Football Podcast. Good to see everybody again. Welcome to round two of our video shenanigans. As you can see, David Silverfuck stepping up to the challenge. The 50%. Did the hair this time. Jersey, next time. Yeah, oh. Saquon Barkley back in the game tonight. Yeah, just to go out four plays later. Am I right? Nope. He's going to play the entire night long. I'm thinking he's going to get 100 plus yards and a touchdown. Yeah, right. That's that's crazy. He ain't doing that. Too early. Too early for that. But maybe in a couple of weeks. Maybe when he gets down to it. See what happens. You will see indeed. David Silverfuck. This was another uh, interesting week in the NFL. It was. Even though my picks don't necessarily reflect it, my picks are pretty spot on, but we'll get to that. Unbelievable. Yeah. Really unbelievable. Um, we'll talk about that later this week. Oh, yeah. After, after tonight's game happens, not, we do each have one pick pending for tonight. So, can't do a phone tally quite yet. Yeah, I think you're just going to be, you're, you're sad, I think is what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I am sad of what's going to happen. Yeah. You are right there. You know what's about to happen. So, okay. It's okay. Um, again, last week was just, you know, normal if you didn't pay attention to the rest of the season. This week was spot on. According to this year, anyway. Colts suck. Tennessee sucks. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. I think uh you know hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what I didn't realize? What that the Atlanta New England game was played in Atlanta until after the game. I thought for some reason, just because of the way that like how the game was happening on the screen, they were in New England. So, 25 nothing Patriots over the Fail Clowns. Yeah. Uh, we watched some of that. We did. I think it got a little worse after we uh, we signed off, though. It did. 
And I think it really speaks to how bad the Feltons are this season. Uh, but suddenly the Patriots are in the playoff picture again. And, well, we know someone who likes that. I was going to say no one likes that. We know someone who likes that. Hold on. Suddenly the Patriots are first place in their division. How yeah. about we say that properly? Which makes right. me want to fucking puke. Yeah, um, the Bills aren't doing better and the Patriots aren't doing worse. To be perfectly frank. Very surprising. So, you mentioned before as well, we haven't talked at all about Mac Jones. Do you want to spend some time talking about Mac Jones this time? Sure. As someone who currently lives in Connecticut, not from them, from New York, as I think people here know, that's why I'm a Giants first shit second fan. Uh, and as my doctor state, I live in Northern Connecticut, which means I deal with a lot of Patriots fans. I have one friend in particular who was at a Patriots game recently and with his family had a big flag on their like truck or trailer or whatever uh, that said, welcome to Mac, Massachusetts. So they're really, the Patriots fans, I got to say, that I do know, are 100% on board now with Mac Jones. They're like, this is our guy. He's the new Tom Brady. They're convinced. Uh, I want to see more from him than, you know, at this point, a little more than half a season before I know into the next Tom Brady. Uh, but, yeah, he has been good, and he's leading his team to wins. So I would say at this point, very, very early on, where you can't really judge fairly at all, right now he looks like the best rookie quarterback that came out of this draft class. Now, when the careers are all said and done, I have no idea if that will be the case. If it will, it might not be. It might be Trevor Lawrence. It might be one of the other guys. Right? There were a lot of talented quarterbacks in this draft class, I think. And not all of them have really had a fair shot yet. But early on, Mac Jones is taking the lead, for sure. Yeah, He's not in the position, but, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. I was uh, – somebody said that he was the offensive rookie in the year, and I almost puked. Like, y'all are getting – I saw that. I, I, like, Jamar Chase, you guys forgetting what Jamar Chase is doing right now? Man, it's just, like, out of control. You can't stop – can't like if anybody wants to get on the Mac Jones wagon, that's fine. But if you do not want to acknowledge the fact that he was hot fucking garbage in the first four games of the year, well, I mean, I could see it because most Patriots fans are a bunch of assholes, so they won't admit that he was bad in the first few times. But I mean, it's the same thing. Tom Brady was fucking garbage in his first few games as a Patriot as well. He wasn't no. that good either. Overall, after you know seven or eight starts, it was good, but the very first few games were also trash. Well, be fair, most rookie quarterbacks take at least a few games, if not a few seasons, to acclimate to the league. Yeah. And there's no way you can't get around the tape. Like the tape really shows that he was moving around like he had happy feet all the time. So you can't can't get by it, can't deny it. So yeah, he's doing a lot better. And you know, I guess he gets a little bit of airtime. We can give him that. But uh I still hate the fucking Patriots. So fuck the Patriots. Yeah. Sure. Fuck the Patriots. Sorry, bro. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Friend of the show. Of course. Friend of the show. Interview coming soon again. Uh, for those who are not following around or uh, maybe outside of our uh, cannabis space that we participate in, I am uh, throat deep inside of my uh, final, final paper for uh, my diploma and I'm just trying to get that finished. So our interview uh, is coming out just, I'm thinking, I'm thinking after Thanksgiving, thinking Friday, we'll drop that on the peeps. 
along with the bets episode. So somewhere in there, at least, then I'll get back to it. Maybe it's a surprise. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's it'd be a bonus episode. Maybe maybe it'll be a Christmas, a, a Hanukkah bonus. Oof, like look at that. That pandering to all Oof, I like Kwanzaa. We missed Diwali, so. Yes, we did miss Diwali, and that was our bad. Saint. I really apologize. That's okay. <laughs> we can't get them all, but we try. Saints 29, Eagles 40. I mean, I thought the Saints were going to lose, but, uh, oh, sorry. Hold on. Apologies. It's reaction week. Atlanta is shut out at home for the first time since week six of 1988. Wow. It's a long time ago. So, yeah. That's why I was born. I was, uh, was going to say, were you even a thought in 1988? <laughs> um, I think maybe I was an idea. I like that. Shout out to uh, Corey being two years old and my sister at that time. Yeah, definitely born for sure. I knew the Eagles were going to win, but like this though, the re- and the final score is not reflective of it. There's definitely some garbage time touchdowns that happened for the Saints there. Simeon ran a nice little sprinteroo into the end zone well, roo, but uh, have tomorrow, so yeah, but the best defensive player. I mean, 40, 29 though. I mean, okay. Let's give him one more touchdown. There's no fucking way uh, that guy is worth 11, like in garbage time points again. So the score could have been pretty close to what it was because the mm-hmm. Eagles went off. Like that wasn't, it's not about their offense in that one, really. They, yeah. Like they piled it on at the end, too. But I mean, their defense did really well, surprisingly. So Simeon's bad. And they just signed Taysom Hill to a huge contract. Did you catch that? Oh, no, I didn't see that. Massive. Why are you trying to see that? I don't get it. So I don't get it either. And the contract, I'm just going to take a quick look to double check what it is because it could, there's, it's like got a lot of complication in it. So I want to make sure that I'm not to miss, you know, saying this here, but it is a deal that could be worth up to $95 million um, if he becomes the Saints quarterback. Is how it works out. So there's a bunch of incentives that are dealing there. This rush has been over probably not paying him then. Like is that right? Yeah. So that's what it is, right? So right now, over the next four years in his current role, if he stays as a backup quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, um, and a special teams type of dude, he's going to make forty million. If he goes into starting quarterback role, then it's going to be worth ninety five. So I mean, I think it's pretty decent. Um, I don't know. It's a very interesting extension worth four years. So you're looking at about 10 million each year. And uh, I just, yeah, it's, I think it's pretty interesting. It's a very interesting, because again, you literally took the words out of my mouth. I was going to ask you the same question, you know, why the hell aren't they starting him? Simeon's bad. I just don't. And Taysom Hill's already proved himself. He came into one games for them already. Why are they wasting time with Simeon? What is happening? Especially when like they are a team that could make the playoffs this year. Still, like they, I mean, they're not going to win the division, but they could easily be a wild card. Uh, you know, so I don't understand what they're doing. Like if they were a team like the Lions, the Texans that were like had lost a ton most of their games already, right, or almost all their games basically. 
and they were trying to throw games. I understand starting to trust me. When you're in a position to tend to meet the playoffs, like is there something in practice that we're just not seeing? Like practice. I don't know. I appreciate that. I had I had to. Holy, this is interesting. Some of these ones I forget because I'm pretty high when I put them together the night before. Yeah. I forget like which team they're associated with. But those ones are Philly. I honestly thought it was for someone else. But first win at home since week 14 in 2020. They lost five straight at home. Nice. First time they win at home all year long. Yeah. I like that. What will you say here? Fuck you, Mike. Oh, of course. Always a fuck you, Mike, when we're talking about the Eagles. Uh, triple fuck you, Mike. Uh, he has Eckler and, of course, Herbert. So, yeah, yesterday so, fucking. Whew. So I'm here visiting my family. My, next to my parents, the person who lives next to them has a little Eagles flag out on their lawn. And we were, me and my dad were going for a walk the other day. And I saw it on the way back. I was like, you live next to an Eagles fan because he lives in Maryland now. Uh, and um, he's like, yeah, you know, we talked about it. And eventually we bonded over our hatred for the Cowboys uh, and our general dislike for Washington as well. Uh, solid. Fucking Eagles fans suck. Right? No, I hate Eagles fans. Eagles fans are the worst fans. Yeah. Mike is lucky that that's like one of the like other things that I found out about him. It wasn't one of the first things. Okay, yeah, you guys done his friendship first. You were invested in his, in his friendship, and then you were like, "Oh wait, what?" Yeah. See, like we played, we played a lot of FIFA back in the day. Like, and I, I met him through a buddy I used to referee football with. Actually, I played flag football with him when I was like eight years old. So, mm-hmm. You know, we'll go back. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I didn't find that out first. Might have been over, Mike, before it started. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. Fuck you, Mike. Dolphins 24, J E T S. <laughs> Jets, Jets, Jets. 17. Yep. You know, Jets have to make it look close, even though they're trying to throw a season to get better draft picks and build a team. How about fucking Flacco throwing bombs to Mr. Moore? I don't know what Flacco's doing. Flacco didn't get the memo. Yeah, this <laughs> has his tank at this point. Where did that fucking throw come from, man? That was brilliant. He fucking lit that up. When you talk about a journeyman quarterback. <clears throat> no, what are you talking about? Joe Flacco is an elite quarterback. What are you talking he, about, Silver Fox? He was, he was for five minutes that one year. <laughs> oh, man. I could just imagine what how ago. Drew just reacted right now. He's going to fucking, yeah. We have some rant songs, you know, garbage bum. This is a garbage bum. But uh, yeah, we definitely talk about average Joe. <laughs> that that one's that one goes back. So He's I average. I'm shocked that this game was actually that close. Uh, but you know, it's the divisional game and they always play each other close, relatively speaking. So I guess I shouldn't be terribly too excited. What about Mr. Oh sorry, Miami? Miami has won seven of the last eight games versus the New York Jets. I know it's probably my weakest one that I got, but it's the Dolphins and the Jets. You think we're going to have fucking good 
good facts for that one? Come on, folks. What do you expect from me? I can do some good things, but magic, <laughs> not one of them. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Washington football team 27, the Carolina Panthers, led by the infamous Cam Newton. Riverboat Ron. Yeah. yeah. Revenge on uh, Camothy Newton. Yeah, that was one of the more interesting just storylines, I think, of uh, the week for sure. I'm a little surprised that the Panthers didn't win that one. I really thought the Panthers were going to take that one because I thought Cam Newton was just kind of like energize them and, you know, they were going to really step it up a little bit. Aaron with McCaffrey there, healthy at this point. Um, I think they're just a better team also, generally speaking. Oh, so, yeah, I agree. I agree. That was, a surprise. that was an upset for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Washington football team has won three of the last four games versus the Carolina Panthers. So, yeah, I uh, I got not much to say. Heineke is a very I don't. What do you think about Heineke? Let's talk about that bomb real quick. So I was watching with my dad. <coughs> my dad's like, "Who's this kid Heineke?" Like, and like look at him up and explain who Heineke was. He's basically this no-name guy who was a seventh round draft pick, played in the XFL for a season. Uh, has been on a few different NFL teams. Just. Kind of a dreaming bum. Yeah. He's, he really likes to show up to games that he gets excited for. Yeah. He seemed to be a regular enjoyable boy, but he's got these couple here two in a row. He's gotten pretty, uh, pretty stoked about. So. All right. Let's talk about the fucking stinker. <clears throat> Jonathan Taylor is the fifth player in the Super Bowl era with 200 plus scrimmage yards and five touchdowns in a game. The Indianapolis Colts 41, Buffalo Bills 15, uh, Dawson Knox 10 targets. He is involved. Mr. Diggs was involved. Yes. Other than that, um, I don't get it. I just don't I don't get Indianapolis. I don't understand them at all. Um oh well, also right Buffalo. Now. Buffalo top ranked defense, huh? Top ranked defense, huh? Tell me more. I mean, again, as I've said with some other people uh in the NFL, Buffalo Bills, I wouldn't even let you coach a peewee team right now with tackling like that. That second Taylor touchdown was awful. I mean, whoa. Three tackles just weren't even, yeah. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's doing well, but good Lord, let's get a fucking tackle in there. So, Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in fantasy football right now. Undisputed. No doubt. I think he went before this game, but he certainly is after this game. Right now in PPR leagues on ESPN, he has through these few weeks, uh, these weeks that he's played, scored 264.4 points. And for number one, number two is Austin Eckler, 220.8. So there's over a 40-point difference between Taylor and next best Eckler in PPR leagues. And Eckler's a good receiving uh, 
running back. No one else has over 200. The next most is, is Derrick Henry still, and Derrick Henry's gone for the year with 193. Najee Harris is slightly uh, below him with also not 193. Uh, and then it just drops off so much from there. So if you drafted Jonathan Taylor, congratulations. You are almost certainly in line for the playoffs in your league, and you're going to have a good shot at the championship as long as he continues his performances and doesn't get injured like Corey thinks he is. But I don't think he's going to get injured. I think he is that damn good. I know Drew agrees with me. And so I'm very happy with that performance. I also have Stefan Diggs on my team. He did pretty well. Not an amazing performance, but 18.3 is nothing to, you know, be upset about. So I'll take that. And overall, that was a really good game for me and my team because Jonathan Taylor scored 53.4 points. That's like half of my points for the week, basically, was just Jonathan Taylor. Almost like he was about half of my team individually. So I, I love the man. He is my new favorite player in fantasy football. And thank you, Jonathan Taylor, for David Zellerberg. Well, I've stated previously, and I think everyone has uh, stated previously. Let's see here. Uh, yes, November 22nd. Yeah, newsflash, no championship was played this week in fantasy football. So nothing has definitely been won yet by anything Jonathan Taylor owner related. Sure, you had a good week this week, but uh, let's see how he's doing when it counts. Let's see what's going on. I've never, ever, ever seen a running back. And again, I just talked about this with Derrick Henry and all the naysayers are pretty strong about it, but Derrick Henry was rolling way too fucking early and look where that ended him. So Jonathan Taylor, good luck. You're going to need it, but players who are weak peaking in week 11 aren't really peaking in week 15, 16, and 17 this year because it counts. So I have healthy pessimism about that one. Do you have a good week? Yeah, of course. Is that going to be indicative of moving forward? Who knows? The National Football League. And this season hasn't taught you that shit is real fucked up this year. Woof. I don't know what y'all watching on Sunday, but it's not the same fucking red zone feed we're watching. So. I meet your optimism with my pessimism. My optimism will destroy your pessimism. Oh, I love this segue. Let's talk about optimism versus pessimism. Okay. Detroit okay. Lions 10, Cleveland Browns 13. Oh, <laughs> right? oh yeah. What a segue. I told you. That was a beautiful segue. I mean, holy fuck. There is a storm brewing in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield didn't even fucking shake hands with the teammates or the other opposing team. That motherfucker kneeled and walked straight off the field. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Didn't even talk to the media. And Why? wife fired a shot on Instagram saying, you know, how dare you question Baker's heart? Maybe the rest of the team should wake up. Paraphrase, but... 
You know, I think I, uh, I paraphrased it well. It. Uh, I just don't understand what his problem is. Like, well, I mean, thirteen to ten versus the Lions. Uh, and if you did, you see the tackling effort with DeAndre Swift. I mean, sure, Swift is good, yeah. but there was like four. Same thing with the Bills, man. There was like four tackles that were just like, what? You get paid how many fucking thousands of dollars to attempt to make that? Yeah, I can see that. But like, I mean, grow up. Like, just lead the team and motivate them to be better. Then, like, don't be a little bitch about it. Again, he's a Mitchell Trubisky, you know? Like, imagine what would happen if Mitchell Trubisky still had the fucking keys to the Bears wagon. So, you know, you're seeing Baker Mayfield literally implode because he is that bad. And for some reason, still nobody has acknowledged this. So, remember, heard it here first on the Fucked Up Fantasy Football Podcast, Baker Mayfield is Mitchell Trubisky incarnate. Watch out, he's about to come for you. Yeah, fuck him. Cleveland's first win versus Detroit since week two of 2001. They've actually lost four straight to the Lions <laughs> prior to this. And the Lions are awful. So, yeah, he should have been stoked. I would have shaken hands with him. How many more weeks of the Dan <laughs> Campbell show do we have to put up with? Can this shit just end now? Like, do we... Honestly, how much longer do he looks like just it won't be their worst season, though. True. They did get the tie this year, but I'm just saying they're the guy, the guy in Oakland, the guy in Oakland and this guy (laughs) do not look like head coaches. They just I don't I don't know. You know what I mean? Like head coaches got that look. It's the same thing in New York, actually. I don't know. Joe Judge and Jason Garrett are a fucking funny-looking couple. But I don't know. Those yeah. two just don't look like NFL head coaches. I think Campbell's going to be the first to go. I think it needs to ha- I mean, God, Detroit. I honestly just feel bad for that entire family. <laughs> I was sitting in, because I knew it was going to be a big day. I wanted to see this. I went to a bar in San Diego in the morning, and it was the day that Detroit was in Green Bay. And there were two guys in Detroit Lions jerseys, one wearing a Charlie Batch jersey, and they were praying to God that they were going to win that game. And I remember they were up, and they were cheering shit. The whole bar was cheering for them. And then, of course, in typical Detroit fashion, they ended up blowing the game and going over for the year. And those two men were very upset. So, yeah, I definitely remember the specific time and place I was when Detroit went over. Do you have any uh, recollection stories of when Detroit went over, Mr. Silverfuck? I mean, I don't remember it as vividly as you do. Uh... But I do remember it just being hilarious and being like, every, the one thing everyone was talking about was like, oh my God, they like literally not going to win a game. Is this, is this really going to happen? And then it happened and it was just so fucking funny. Yeah, I love was that. Was Jim Schwartz? Was he the coach or? I think I think so. Is it Schwartz or was it Mariucci? Had to be Schwartz. Schwartz. Pretty sure it was Schwartz. I don't know. They're so bad. 
Both of these teams I don't even want to talk about anymore. 49ers, 30. Jacksonville Jaguars, 10. George Kittle receiving touchdown in three straight games. It's actually the longest of his career. That's why I pulled up that fact. I thought that he had more, uh, a few more streaks than that. Maybe five games in a row, but three just seemed, uh, three didn't seem enough for the amount of points that that guy uh, used to put up. So I think it was actually the coach before Jim Schwartz, potentially. Oh, I'm still looking it up. Yeah. Sorry. I'm... Is that Mariucci who was before Schwartz? Well, I'm not sure. That's ah, all good. Yeah. What's up, Spazzo and Silverbuck? It's time for Drew Sir Second Round, Volume Six. Mike Davis, honestly, worst ever RB one pre-draft. The guy makes me wanna barf. Garbage bum. Saved by the replay. He's a moron. He's a hack, and I'll never be sold. How about Baker Mayfield? We should start calling him Faker Mayfield, the Faker. Because quite frankly, his numbers the past couple weeks have been dismal, downright atrocious. He's supposed to be your savior? My ass! That guy couldn't give a rat's ass about winning. He cares about his brand. Killer progressive commercials, you hack! And how about my boy, JT? Five, five, five dollar foot long. That's five Russian TDs. He's a beast. Nakeem Hines can't even hold his jaw strap. That's my rat, and I'm out. That's Roger score, and somebody give me a freshie. Niners 30, Jaguars 10. Kittle again, receiving touchdown in three straight games, longest of his career. Kind of shocked by that. Thought he might have, you know, a four-gamer, five-gamer. I don't know, more than two? Like, really? This is the first time he's ever had a touchdown in more than two straight right. games in his career? So... I don't well, know. He's that long, I feel like, as well. So, you know, he'll have better, game. He'll have better streaks in the future, I'm sure. I mean, this wasn't going to be it, obviously. The one guy we haven't talked about that much in this podcast at all, but definitely uh, is man-childing, Debo Samuel. They line that guy up he, at running back. Fucking, yeah. Unreal. Yeah, they have not given him the respect that he deserves, I think, in the show, considering how good he's been in fantasy. Uh, he has been probably between him and Cordero Patterson, like a sleep of the year, probably. Because he was not someone that you would have drafted very high, I feel like. I yeah, don't know no, was going a little late, for sure. I don't know where he was drafted mostly. I think. Yeah, he was a mid-round pick. So he definitely was, for how well he's performing, definitely a sleeper pick, if he got him. Yeah. So, yeah. I was not expecting this, but hey. That's what happens. Let's talk about the second stinker. Okay. I, I refuse to spend too much time on the Jaguars and the Niners. Number one, fuck the Niners. Those are the teams that I had to cheer for previously or tried to cheer for. And uh, yeah, the Jaguars, fuck the Jaguars. Texans 22. Titans 13. This was actually a big surprise. I mean, they're not actually obviously a big surprise. But, yeah, I, I really think that this happened, to be perfectly frank. Number one team in the AFC faces the second worst team in the AFC. 
Tyrod Taylor is the third quarterback in Houston history with two rushing touchdowns in a game. He was on fire. Tennessee. What, what is the fucking deal with all the teams in this year in the NFL? Why do you have to just stink it up randomly? Tennessee seems to be a team that creates a little of its competition, I guess, because Tannehill threw four. four. Yeah, it's bad. Interceptions. How do you throw four interceptions in an NFL game? That's my thing, yeah. brother. You know what I mean? Like, he, uh, I, don't know. I just, you know, first of all, it's a division game. So, you know, division games always kind of go like crazy because anyone can win a division game at any given time. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, but Houston's literally, <clears throat> literally ranked last in every defensive category. And I like know. Tennessee's in like the top, like three to five, and in like I mean, even defense is way better. The, Tennessee was ranked twelfth. Their defense was ranked twelfth. But okay, but any given Sunday, Yahoo, any given Sunday times two for division games, uh, I think, and it's just. In Tennessee, the NFL, not even in. Keep in mind, it's also the team that lost the Jets. So I think this is also just a team that's going to play the level of competition where they've been destroying last year's playoff teams. I mean, they've been running house on them for week after week since the Jets lost, and there was time for them to lose in the game against a shit team that isn't going to make the playoffs. So I think that the Titans are going to be a serious contender because they're going to make the playoffs for sure. And uh, I think once they do make the playoffs, I think that they are at least going to be in the AFC championship game, if not in the Super Bowl. I think they are a real contender because they're going to be good against other good teams. Jesus. I can't call that yet. They, they just got too many stinkers. I could see them losing in the fucking wild card round because they don't get number one seed. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think we've been in one show for two weeks in a row and they fucking lose the number one seed and then lose in the wild card round. I mean, I don't know, but I could just see that happening. <laughs> Potentially. Oh, this is another fucking weird one. Green Bay Packers 31, Minnesota Vikings 34. See, everything that you just said about divisional things applies to this game. I don't right. know it applies yeah. to the last one, but this one. Like hundred percent, because this has happened before. The Vikings yeah. have fucked the Packers, you know, in crazy time or had a close game down to the end. And it was a great game. There was one throw from Rodgers to MVS. I don't know if you saw that one on red zone. Yeah, did he catch it at like the eighteen or the twenty yard line or something? Or yeah, it was a magnificent throw. Good catch. Great one after catch. Uh, touchdown. This is something like, like a 70 yard touchdown, something like ridiculous, like a 60 yard touchdown, whatever it was. Um, but that was probably the best throw I've seen all year. Yeah. It was a yeah. really good That really good uh, Justin Jefferson, eight receptions, 169 and two. Um, yeah. That fucking second touchdown should have went to fucking Thielen, though. Asshole, fart garbage. He didn't throw a game on my bench. He had a good game. Uh, but he definitely, uh, yeah, that second touch. I mean, both receivers were open and the bum just yeah. needed to throw it to somebody. So he threw it to the shorter guy, but both of those guys were open on that route. It, uh, that's okay. I, I mean, Thielen had a reception, eight, two yards and a touchdown for Thielen, which is a good game in performance. Great game in, in PPR. Yeah. He had him good. He did good for me. 
Um, I hope Aaron Jones comes back. That's all I have to say. I actually, uh, for my rental league, picked up AJ Dillon and put him in my flex. And he did okay for me. 15.7 points in PPR. Not bad. I can't, I'm shaking my head because I can't believe he's still available. Nuts. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens 16, Chicago Bears 13. That was, that's neat. Um, Justin Fields, strange comments today from the head coach of the Bears. Oh, yeah. Still apparently have not gathered enough evidence on his injury to definitively say what it is. What? I don't know. Matt Nagy's a fucking weird dude. Yeah. So I don't even know what that actually means. But uh, apparently they're just not ready to comment on exactly the nature of his injury. Might be a bad thing. But uh, regardless of the fact that Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, coming in and throwing darts. And uh, how about that Mooney kid, eh? I told him he was not bad. Nasty. I said this earlier in the season. Nasty. Go back and look at watch the tape. Or listen to the podcast more. I already have I'm, to I, fucking record with you, and then I have to edit. You think I want to listen to your fucking voice anymore, Silver Fuck? Sorry, but <laughs> I called this earlier in the season. Then when he was good, when I traded him, and you were yeah. like, "Oh, the movie's garbage," and I was like, "No, he's actually a solid receiver. He's, I think, actually is a similar situation to the San Diego Superchargers, uh, where." The number two receiver is the better fantasy receiver. Uh, so with the Bears, Allen Robinson's obviously the number one receiver there, but Allen Robinson, I think, is not as good of a fantasy receiver as Darnell Mooney at this point. And same thing with the Chargers, where I think Keenan Allen's clearly the number one receiver, but Mike Williams is having a better year. Yeah, he is. And I think that's an interesting dynamic for fantasy versus reality. Similar to the idea of like how Jalen Hurts is a good fantasy quarterback but not a reality quarterback. I think like I still stand by what I said earlier in the year because I don't think Joe, <laughs> I don't think Mooney was good with his quarterback at the time. He's definitely done some development and gotten better over the years come, but he was looking like a Mac Jones in relation to positions as far as like happy feet and not really running your routes clearly. And I mean, you know, he's learned he's definitely developed and uh, evolved as a player very quickly in the first uh First, you know, 10, 11 weeks this year. So I give you that. Yeah. Hindsight's a bitch. <laughs> you know, somebody offered me, uh, again, Michael Pittman Jr. and AJ Dillon for Calvin Ridley in like week two or three. So that would be a good trade. Yeah. Hindsight's a bitch. Great trade. Chicago Bears have lost eight straight games after a bye week. Talk about the reverse Andy Reid. Yeah. It's crazy. This one did not go talk about uh, uh, differing universes between fantasy football and real life. Um, Cincinnati Bungles 32, Las Vegas Raiders 13. Joe Burrow had minus 0.18 at halftime. <laughs> so. Yeah, he had 9.02 in my league that I started him in. Yeah, he finished terribly, too, in mine. Um, Joe Mixon took off 
I like how they're trying to run the clock off and Joe Mixon's just trying to fucking resurrect his career again to make sure that he, everybody talks about him. Fuck, he was running through people at the end. Joe Mixon, one plus touchdown in seven straight games. It's the longest running back in, or longest streak by a running back in Cincinnati franchise history. So I just want to point out we have two season long bets about Joe Burrow. And right now they're not looking good for you. Right now, Joe Burrow, at least in the ESPN, I don't know about your league, is ranked 14th among quarterbacks. And just remember to ranked fourth among quarterbacks. And ultimately, you bet not only that Joe Burrow is going to be top six in quarterbacks, they going to be higher than Justin Herbert by the end of the season as well. Neither are looking good for you right now, my friend. My got Joe Burrow in 13th right now. Okay. And... Uh, I think I do think that Cincinnati's schedule uh, is going to be is going to help him out. I think with the Swiss cheese and un just I think Swiss cheese might be over exaggerating, but I don't think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a consistent defensive threat in the secondary. So it depends on what Steelers team shows up. Uh, we actually get to watch these two face off in two weeks. Uh, Chargers play the Cincinnati Bungles. So that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, then we have the definitely, I think I can say this, Swiss cheese San Francisco 49ers defense because they're just a hodgepodge uh, back there. Uh, I don't really like the Denver defense. I don't really like the Baltimore defense. I mean, they've already shit on Baltimore already. Yeah. And sure. then they have Kansas City. And Kansas City is definitely bottom five defense for yards allowed. In the entire league. So I think there's a possibility that he can uh, come back a little bit, you know, make it to make it, make it a good uh, one for the Gipper, you know, but yes, it's not looking too good. It's gonna be close. Yeah. I think so. Anytime you have a week, like you just did, though, is going to throw it off. So see how it goes. What's next? Arizona Cardinals 23, Seattle Seahawks 13. Russell Wilson lost three straight games in a single season for the first time in his career. Wow. So, first of all, sorry, Brooke. I know you're listening. And if you're listening as well, sorry, Luke. I know you were at the game as well. Two of my fraternity brothers were at the game. Um, And so I know they were very disappointed because they are some Seahawks fans from Seattle. Uh, Brooke's also there with her boyfriend, Don. So I'm sorry, Don. And I'm sorry to say Seattle that Russell Wilson has let you down so deeply. It was disgusting. Yeah, with that. Maybe I'll throw up. I'll be back. Now, Brooke, tell me what you think about this. Brooke was at the game and claimed the refs were blowing calls all over the place. Do you think she's being a salty Seahawks fan, or do you think there's anything valid there? Yeah, the refs don't fucking save you from the last three games of utter embarrassment and trash. You don't have any fucking running game of any consistency right now. I mean, you asked me what happened to DK Metcalf. I was being nice when we only talked about his ejection. But, like, what is wrong with DK Metcalf? Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter if the flag is thrown or not. The bottom line is that you still need to catch the ball. And DK Metcalf is a physical fucking monster. 
if you line DK Metcalf up against any, I don't even give a shit. Buddha Baker is not that good in coverage. Hot <laughs> people, but he's not that good in coverage. So if you line up anybody with DK Metcalf, I mean, throw the ball better, Russell Wilson. Throw it to DK Metcalf so he just jumps up a little bit to that one spot. I mean, even standing, you can throw it to DK Metcalf in a spot where other people can't reach it. So I think that Russell Wilson is still injured, uh, clearly, because he is not performing well. He's not making those throws in the tight windows. Like, you know, what is what are those stupid things? Uh, let Russ cook. Where the fuck it is? Yeah, well, chef hands broken. Get motherfucker can't hold a ladle right now. So that's the that's the issue with them. I feel they're just fundamentally a just a bad team right now. There's no run balance. You can't make your throws, and the defense again. Jamal Adams has the same amount of of interceptions as Vince Wilfork. So that's a lot of money for a guy who should be picking off the ball, or at least because interceptions do have a little bit of luck to it. You need to be in the right space as a safety, you know, just read the plays a little bit better. So it's time for Pete Carroll to go. I was going to say, I was going to ask you, do you think it's time for Pete Carroll to retire? Yeah. If, if the Seahawks fans like really want to be productive about it, you know, again, as I stated also to Brooke, I am the only person in the room when it comes to officiating who can complain about it because I am the only team in the history of the NFL who's actually received an apology for a mistake that has been made in the game and not even just a regular season game. We should have been in a fucking championship game because of it. All right. So I'm the only person that can bitch about the referees. I feel like, because I mean, the only way to change my situation is, you know, Jerry Jones needs to die. So God, Jerry, please die. Please. Anyways, but you know what I mean? Like, that's the only way Seattle actually has, you know, the owners will listen The you know, people really turn against Carol. They'll actually be changed. So you actually will have success for it. I mean, sure. Complain about the refs, but like, I mean, I can't believe that we watched referees uh, just go watch the replay and change their minds. Uh, super fucking embarrassing. So mm. It's in my Cowboys game. No, oh, they gave a taunting penalty, obviously, because the defensive back is shooting an AK into the air. And they call a taunting penalty. And then all of a sudden, the referees decide to have a huddle afterwards and say, after further discussion, they realize that they should have called a face masking penalty. Why? Because the fucking referee on the sideline was watching the screen. Like, I don't know. I, uh, NFL officiating has been bad. I mean, Chicago, the Bears have a definitely a huge bone, huge beef with the NFL over their officiating as well. It's happening everywhere this year. So, um, yeah, get rid of Pete Carroll. That's my advice, Brooke. Get rid of Pete Carroll. Yeah, right here first. When my team is bad, we're really bad. That's one thing I can say. We just have, like, no hope of coming back which is potentially a bad thing when we get to the playoffs, but Cowboys nine. Playoffs? Playoffs? Kansas City Chiefs 19. Kansas City Chiefs have won four straight games. Well, they're playing a little bit better. Told you. I just, I don't know. I am confused at why the Cowboys didn't play well. I I don't get that. Yeah. I can explain. 
Oh, yes, David. Please tell me your in-depth analysis of the Cowboys-Chiefs game. Cowboys suck. Oh, God, yeah, you wish. Can't wait to talk to you the moment after you just get fucking stomped by the Bucks tonight. I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. If that happens, which is maybe my not. Surprise move for the fantasy owners. Uh, Michael Gallup all of a sudden was elevated to uh, number number one receiver. Never mind number two. C.D. Lamb getting out with a concussion, and uh, I mean I think that's really just the the truth of the matter. There is there's uh, once you get down into that like fourth fifth receiver, those guys don't really know how to run routes properly. There's a reason why they're the fourth and fifth receiver. <laughs> so I think in combination with Gallup being a little bit rusty, just being the fact he hasn't been on a fucking field, uphill battle. But we can play better. Just a bad game. But at least it's against a respectable opponent in the Chiefs who actually have players instead of Denver Broncos. This game was wild. Uh, I didn't catch most of it because I was exhausted yesterday. And uh, I had a little bit of a nap. But... uh, San Diego Superchargers, 41. Steelers, 37. Austin Eckler is the first Chargers player with two rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns in a game. Austin Eckler also went fucking balls to the wall yesterday. Good job, Austin. What say you? about uh, the Steelers putting up 37. Can we, you know what you didn't talk to me about? I don't know, you maybe missed it. Did you see the uh, shiver that Najee Harris took? No, I missed it. I didn't ask the game, actually. Oh, he got fucking smoked. Fucking smoked. So I wonder wonder about his health. I'm not sure if that is going to knock him out at all for a little bit, but he got absolutely ripped. No. See what happens. Okay. Yeah, I missed that completely. Yeah. Other than that, I don't really have a whole heck of a lot. I'm excited to. Uh, I'm excited to watch the uh, Steelers lose next week. That's all. Yeah. Really, I, I need it. I need at least one more win, and then I don't have to win for the rest of the year. But Bengals, do your thing and uh, don't play like shit next week. Okay. Thanks. That's fair. Got anything else? Well, I think that's it for our review. Now, we did want to make a few picks because this is a very special week. This is Thanksgiving week. And Thanksgiving football is a time-honored tradition and so in honor of this time honor tradition, we want to pick the three games. Sorry, my phone's being stupid right now, that are going to happen on Thanksgiving. So the first game that will happen on Thanksgiving is the Bears at the Lions. The Bears are three and seven. Lions are zero, nine, and one. But out of respect, the fact that they always play on Thanksgiving. I am going to pick the Lions. What is the spread of this game? Can you give me the spread? 
I wasn't even going to look it up because I knew that you're not even going to pick it more than likely. And for the fact that it's probably like minus 7 million for the Bears. Um, but we have minus three and a half Bears. All right, let's take the spread on that. I'm going to take the spread on that. So Lions plus three and a half. Woof. Lions plus 3.5 over Bears. The Bears gonna have the loss. You want to take the Bears there, I'm guessing? Oh, man, I like, yeah, gut, gut tells me that I want to take the Bears. Gut also tells me that this is going to be a three-point cluster fuck. So I'm also going to take the Lions at plus three and a half, but it's only because I think that this is going to be a three-point game. Okay. Bears win. Fair enough. Okay, so you, we both have Lions plus 3.5 over Bears, so we are in alignment there. I'm guessing we will not be in alignment on the next game because the next game is the Raiders at the Cowboys. Raiders are 5-5, five five, Cowboys are 7-3. And, and after an embarrassing loss this past week, I think the Cowboys are not going to rebound at all. I think out of no respect for them, the fact that they have Thanksgiving every year, I would pick the Raiders. Cowboys for sure. They're going to win this. What's the spread on that one? Minus seven. I'm taking that spread for sure. You don't have to. You want Raiders plus seven? Yeah, Raiders plus seven over over Cowboys. Amazing. Yeah, I'll take Cowboys minus seven. Okay. I strongly dislike the Raiders. I don't think they're that good at all. Recording it now. I'm very tempted to start Zeke and Tony Pollard this week. Oh. Ooh, wow. All right. And then our night game is Bills at Saints. Side note on this game, just before no. we go into the spread on it, I am going to be benching Kyle Pitts this week and starting Dawson Knox in my tight end spot. And until Kyle Pitts gets a touchdown, he's fucking sitting on my bench. I will mm-hmm. wait for Kyle Pitts to go off and sacrifice the last time that he goes off this year for Dawson Knox. Yeah, wow. Okay. What's the spirit on this one? Minus four and a half bills. Really? Yeah. Well, I like the underdogs then. I like the Saints to cover that. Yeah, me too. Not going to lie. I like the plus four and a half. The Saints have been so bad at home, though, which is fucking ironic. Oh, unusual. I, uh, you know, well, it's ironic in the fact that I'm just, I like them at home this week is basically what my theory is, is that yeah. I don't trust the Bills traveling. And I just don't trust the Bills. I mean, I right, so we're going to line on two of these, and then we're just going to still on one of these, basically. So, yeah, I mean, it means that the two that we're in alignment on are probably going to be wrong about, obviously. The Saints should be able to win that game. I don't see, I mean, could be wrong, of course, but yeah. Yeah, we're in alignment on these ones. That's a bummer. Yeah, um, I'm disappointed in us. But hey, that's what it is. We did not talk about this beforehand. We just are going off the cuff. Uh, and by the way, I did look it up. 
while we were talking is Rod Marinelli, not Mariucci. Oh my God! It was Marinelli who did that. He was the head, yes. he was the head coach. Yeah, for a couple of years for them. Before, this was before Stafford, and when they when they went oh in sixteen, then they got Stafford in the next draft. Uh, so. Holy, that's wild. I didn't know Marinelli was head coach during that. I definitely thought it was the Mooch. Um, no. Jesus. What a shit organization. Oh, yeah, for sure. Fucking garbage. Wow. All right, sir. Uh, yeah, Giants. Fuck. I mean, yeah, get amped to get fucking destroyed. That sounds like a fun time. Game starting very soon. At least the Cowboys fucking made it close. You guys don't have a chance. So. It's going to we'll be see. bad. Maybe we beat a game. Maybe we beat a team that beat the Cowboys, and thus we are better than the Cowboys. If you guys win tonight, I mean, that would be epic. Unreal. Like, unreal. Yeah, epic. I wouldn't be surprised again. Like you, if you, if there's any result that surprises you this year, I mean, we're past that at this point. I think. Yeah, for sure. Beyond it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Fuck Up Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on video. This is David Silver reporting from Washington D.C. Yes, on the road. We did the show uh, remotely this time on the road instead of from remotely in the caves and uh happy thanksgiving everybody uh i do celebrate american thanksgiving so i'm actually going to leave here and go uh fetch a a turkey device maybe a duck depends on how big the turkeys are because yeah turkey and a duck put the duck inside the turkey so our guests that were coming are unfortunately uh, are cut off by the floods and can't make it to my house. Uh, if anyone hasn't been paying attention, uh, Pacific Northwest, we got absolutely fucking blasted by some rain and uh, some of the main highways have literally been washed out. So um, I'm a little bit sad about that, to be honest, uh, because I love fucking doing the Thanksgiving thing and cooking dinner for everybody. So uh, yeah, shout out to the uh, friends and family and all those folks affected by the crazy that's happening more rain is on the way is what it is but uh yeah happy thanksgiving to everybody i hope you all enjoy the games i uh i barely in the pacific time zone i barely get up for the first one anymore that was the cool thing about living out east for the last four or five years i actually you know could pay attention to that morning game so see how it goes though anything else for our fans before we go go giants yeah, go Giants. Go Cowboys, beat the Raiders. Give me a nice win. Three touchdowns would be good. And uh, I can tell David to fuck off after that. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Have a good one. <laughs>